Welcome to Section 420, Talking Yankees, the podcast. Well, figure do a little check in there. I mean, the World Series is not over yet. And you got to like the Phillies' tenacity. Again, kind of coming out of nowhere, you know, late surge. And how many times do you see that in the postseason? Um, getting by the Cardinals, two games or nothing in the first round. Um, surprising the Braves a little bit in the next round. And then after that, also taking another, another young, tenacious team, uh, the Padres, and getting past them as well. I could possibly see the Phillies winning this one. But overall, I still think at the end of the day, the kind of the veteran and kind of the the meticulousness of the Houston Astros will, will win over at some point. They would probably end up winning the series. But again, of course, I would rather see the Phillies get, take it, even though, you know, Philadelphia is New York's main rival, especially with the football and the baseball, that stuff. But again, uh, proud at this point, hating Houston a lot more. So I'd like to see them. And again, they got a shot there. Again, Verlander has not looked good at all uh, this postseason, of course, except when he pitches against the Yankees. But even that first one game, game one there against the Yankees, it wasn't really his usual sharp self there. So, you know, there's a good opportunity that probably that Philly's going to see um, Verlander again. So that could be another win, to, you know, upcoming for them. So, again, we'll see how that goes. But nevertheless, for the Yankees, the team we all love and enjoy, I'll get into them in a moment. But before we do, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. So there's going to be a lot going on. Uh, we have the whole offseason. Got a bunch of free agencies, uh, free agent conversations to have and trades. And, well, of course, the whole Aaron Judge thing, you know, like a $400 million play he might be. But, you know, those little details we'll all get into. But uh, get that news updates and, uh, you know, commentary. Got to be a podcast subscriber. So wherever you listen to us right now, subscribe to the podcast. Got the rest of this, you know, postseason, which will be over in a couple of days. And, of course, a long offseason ahead um, entering to spring training. So got you covered all there. So, as mentioned before, a couple of Yankees got some good news on an individual basis. A couple of gold gloves announced, so the Rowling, Rowling's Gold Glove Award winners for the Yankees. Um, now, it's the first time since like 2012 that actually two Yankees both uh, won awards in the same year. Uh, so behind the plate, uh, catching Trevino gets a gold glove, first time in his career. And then kind of an interesting new thing they call the Utility Man Gold Glove. Back going to Mr. DJ LeMayu. Now, it's his fourth gold glove overall, but first time in the American League. And it's kind of this new thing to cut a reward players that are, you know, play multiple positions. So, eh, I don't really love it. I like kind of the old way of just, hey, look, one position, one gold glove for that. But if you look at the case of DJ, you know, you got to appreciate his talent. Again, he could play first place, play second place, play third place, and does it exceptionally well. So, I guess this kind of awards him for that. So, um, so his fourth overall and the first, again, in the American League. And he won a few in his days with Colorado. And you now you might think, away. Hey, what what's up with Anthony Rizzo? But unfortunately, the nod for that went to uh, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. up there in Toronto. So of all of them, you'd think you know Rizzo would get a Gold Glove, but I guess you know, whatever reason, I guess Vladdy the more I guess they consider him also you know flashy player and he's a bit more of an offensive weapon than Rizzo, and even that shouldn't make a difference. But I, I guess they take all this stuff into account. Uh, so nevertheless, uh, Vladdy gets the, the, the nod there first base. But again, good for Trevino. Again, he kind of came over here as sort of a a backup to Higgy in a way, more or less. No one expected much of him. Uh, again, that's a trade you have to give credit to Cashman. And I gave you my whole little soliloquy on that about, about an episode or two ago about, you know, got to look at some of the good moves Cashman has made. And, you know, he basically got him at the beginning of the year for Albert Abreu. Brings him here. We don't really know much about him. And to more, more or less taking the, the starting job away uh, from Higgy is an all-star catcher. I would say three-fourths of the season was a reliable with the bat. I think he tarried out a little bit in September. Uh, so you saw Higgy actually being a better hurt during September. But I think so, Trevino tied out a little bit, perhaps, again, taking on these duties, being the catcher full-time for you know almost a full season for the New York Yankees, pretty much, even though he was splitting some duties there with Higgy. But kind of a first for him. So I think he did, again, at, run out of gas a little bit, gave you absolutely nothing, really, uh, in the playoffs. But during the season, uh, was good for the Yankees. Uh, nothing overwhelming with the bat, but, you know, 
good contact at the right time, part of a lot of kind of late inning rallies and ninth inning and, and kind of walk-off type of uh, sequences being part of that, kind of keeping the, the train moving along, getting some big doubles and big spots there. So, again, nifty with the bat. And, of course, but, of course, you know, considered one of the best framers in the game, which have helped the Yankees pitching staff, um, you know, just get a lot of strikes. And, again, why early on the Yankees were kind of looking like they were headed to the World Series themselves this season, uh, just with the great starting pitching and bullpen uh, contributions before everything kind of went to shambles there towards the second half of the season. So, nevertheless, for him and, of course, DJ, um, you know, so the full breakdown of him, 35 games at first base, 41 games at second base, and 47 games there at third base. So, you want to do a little math there for simple math. So you're looking about a little about 120 out of 160 games there. So I'm sure he had a few games where he DH. So I guess that's enough to qualify. You know, you hate to see what happened with the Yankees and Tino Martinez way back in there. I believe it was like 98. Like Rafael Palmero like played like maybe 80 or 90 games only at first base uh, compared to Tino's like 140. But because, you know, Palmero had a more of a higher percentage or whatever, but he played less games, they awarded to Palmero there. So... I don't think it's a total, you know, I think 120 games in the field is decent enough. Should be more like 130, but nevertheless, I think it's in the ballpark where no one can really complain and say, well, he just got it because he's a Yankee and stuff like that. No, I think it's fed in a, a fair amount of games. And again, you're doing it at different positions and excelling at different positions. So I'm okay with it. I don't love it, but nevertheless, so uh, two gold gloves for the Yankees. That's kind of what they walk away with the, the season. And of course, on the judge front. Uh, uh, kind of the big news is that you're hearing that San Francisco is going to pull out all the stops to get bring him in here. So we'll see what that what that means money wise and, and how far is you know Hal and Cashman and the Yankees willing to go there. Again, previous episode kind of mentioned that it seems like Hal is going to retain Boone and Cashman as the GM and manager of this team. No surprise there, even though fans want to you know want someone's head on, on a civil uh, civil. I'm not even pronounce the damn thing right. The pole where you stick someone's head in after you cut it off, whatever that thing is. They want Boone and Cashman's head on those things, but I don't think it's going to happen. And this doesn't sound like it's going to happen. Probably would happen much sooner if that was going to be the case. Uh, you, you don't leave you know the manager and the GM just lingering around like this, and then wait till after the first season uh, after the World Series to can them. So the fact they've still been hanging around a couple of seasons, a couple of weeks after the season's been over, means they're probably sticking around. So again, for the near future, you're looking at the, the, that dynamic duo coming back for, at least for 2023. And again, I'm I'm okay with it. You know, uh, yeah. And if you look what the Houston Astros just did with the Phillies, they did a combined no hitter against them. So. You know, everyone says, well, the Yankee offense is terrible and they're overmatched and the, the other team scouts better against them. Well, the, how is Houston also able to do that to the Phillies who are supposed to be, you know, this hot team, young team and aggressive and all that stuff and have young players and Bryce Harper? could happen to anybody. So, you know, that, that's kind of, you know, my two cents on that. And, of course, Jose uh, Canseco, I don't know if you heard about this one, threw his two cents in that Aaron Judge should flee New York, you know. Um, why would you want to go play a place that, that boos you? And I understand from his perspective as the athlete thinking that. But, yeah, I got to understand there's all different types of boos. You know, there's booze that we hate you. If you're just like someone like Kyle Fonsworth, that's terrible. But then there's booze of like Derek Jeter have gotten in and judges gotten where it's sort of like, hey, come on, you're better than this. What are you doing? Those are more booze of encouragement, not booze of hatred. It's more like, hey, tough love type of booze. And again, I don't think booze and not booze is why judges are going to stay or not. It's going to come down to money, of course. Uh, but I think a lot of other, again, some athletes that, again, Again, Kaseko was here for a, a cup of coffee back in 2000. Technically, he was part of the 2000 Yankee team. But all he knows is being a visiting player and kind of maybe hearing some stories from other people. But when you're around the team, you're in, out in the bleachers and they're chanting your name and all stuff, like, you know what's what. And I guess I don't think those words really going to mean much to judge anyway. Uh, it's, again, it's gonna, all going to come down to 
dollars and cents. So kind of what you got. So a bit of a short episode, not too much. So, you know, the World Series keeps going on. We'll see how that ends. Uh, A couple of gold gloves for for some Yankees. So whatever you want, want to take some solace into that, some small victory in that. And of course, once the World Series is over, it's all going to be about Aaron Judge. And, you know, that's when all the drama is going to start. And you're looking at Brian Cashman being the one who's going to lead the negotiations, at least on the Yankees side. So Section 420 Talking Yankees. Uh, more episodes coming up throughout the rest of this, you know, postseason that's about to be done. Offseason, spring training, the whole nine yards. Sign up, Section 420, Talking Yankees. Subscribe, like, follow, crush the button. Catch you next time. Mm-hmm.